The recent revelations that the Pegasus spyware was used by governments around the world to target journalists left many of us with a feeling of profound vulnerability and a sense of irritating impunity. that investigated the Israeli cyber surveillance company and is turning out with the biggest spying scandal in cyber history. We have been a list of more than 50,000 phone numbers. This includes activists, journalists. I've been hacked using this Pegasus spyware. Should we be afraid? Nobody is safe. Our fears and what the journalistic community has long suspected that its surveillance of journalists is much more widespread than we could prove until now became reality when Forbidden Stories and 16 other international news organizations released the Pegasus project. The story, based on leaked information, revealed that over 180 journalists were listed as suspected targets of phone hacking using Pegasus, a spyware weapon developed by the NSO Group, an Israeli company that claims it sells the software to governments for the exclusive purpose of monitoring those believed to be involved in serious crimes and terrorist activity. But the Pegasus project shows that the tool is being wielded by authoritarian governments against journalists, human rights defenders and political opponents. Listen to Edward Snowden in a recent interview with The Guardian. This is everywhere. This is a, an industry that should not exist. We're seeing what the NSO group, which is sort of the most famous of these guys, is up to. Uh, but the NSO group is only one company of many. And if one company smells this bad, what's happening with all the others? I, I mean, when I look at this, what the Pegasus Project has revealed is a sector where they're only product are infection vectors, right? They, they don't, um, they're not security products. They're not providing any kind of protection, any kind of prophylactic. They don't make vaccines. The only thing they sell is the virus. Um, and I think saying that they only sell this to government doesn't make that better when you look at who the targets are that have just been revealed. Pegasus investigations have revealed a gross attack on press freedom, and they have reminded us why we need investigative journalism now more than ever. My name is Javier Luque, and I welcome you to a new episode of the Press Freedom Files. Forbidden Stories, with the help of the technical analysis carried out by Amnesty International, was able to confirm infection by Pegasus software in numerous cases, including journalists. The leak includes a list of over 50,000 phone numbers of journalists, activists, and political opponents in at least 10 countries, such as Azerbaijan, Bahrain, Hungary, India, Kazakhstan, Mexico, Morocco, Rwanda, Saudi Arabia, and the United Arab Emirates. In Hungary, the surveillance of journalists took place around the parliamentary elections in 2018 and the European elections a year later. Now, some journalists wonder whether their phones are going to be targeted again with a spyware in 2022 as the country holds new elections to parliament. Martin Gegerli, editor-in-chief of the independent weekly Habega in Budapest, talks about the chilling effect resulting from the threat of surveillance. 
for sure. We see that uh, parts of the surveillances um, were regarding previous elections, uh, the elections 2018 um, so ahead of it, and uh, 2019, the European parliamentary elections. Um, we have uh, every uh, reason to believe uh, that um, that the Hungarian government is now even more um, paranoid uh, ahead of the next elections uh, in uh, about eight nine months. So it's coming up next April. So you think if they were so eager to breach uh, handies and survey uh, and do uh, uh, secret surveillances on their uh, political rivals on um, on uh, uh, wealthy hungarians and on hungarian media what are they up to, what are they up to right now where their uh, uh, situation is worse than it was four years back so yes, we, we, we fear uh, that, um, that, that the programs uh, surely have uh, got better, uh, cheaper, um, and that we think that surveillance is now on an even bigger scope uh, as we right now read from the Pegasus project. So how did the journalists targeted with the Pegasus spyware come to realize that their phones were infected? And how did they personally take the news? We spoke with one of them. His name is Siddharth Varadarayan, and he's the editor-in-chief of the widely read Indian news website, The Wire. I was, I was contacted by Forbidden Stories, uh, which is a French media organization in Paris, sometime in March 2021, to uh, request a meeting. Uh, and uh, in, during the course of that meeting with their representative, they mentioned the fact that uh, they had good reason to believe my phone was infected and also the phone of my colleague M.K. Venu, who is also a founding editor at The Wire. And uh, they proposed or they requested that we conduct a forensic test of our phone, which, uh, which we agreed to do. And uh, at the end of that process, um, my current phone was found to be uh, infection-free, but uh, the phone I was using until the previous year, which was an iPhone 6, was found to be fully compromised with Pegasus. So I knew, I knew pretty much from the uh, middle of March that uh, my earlier phone had been infected with Pegasus and that clearly an attempt had been made, a successful attempt had been made to, to, uh, to target me using spyware. The first reaction when you get confirmation of the news is obviously disconcerting. Uh, one, you, you feel uh, violated. You feel that uh, you know this ought not to have happened, and that uh, the privacy of each person has to be respected. But then, as journalists, we are used to the fact that governments take a lot of interest in what we do, and in many ways, we had assumed always that. Um, the government would be trying to listen in on what we were doing. So, you know, it's quite, it's quite standard in India for journalists to use WhatsApp or Signal for messaging or for phone calls uh, rather than the regular cellular network on the assumption that 
these uh, messaging apps are more secure. And that's what we were doing as well at The Wire. So the, the, th the, the thought that uh, all of our uh, means of trying to protect the uh, you know, security or privacy of our conversations were probably worthless because uh, my phone or the phone of my colleague Venu was infected. Uh, that that realization, you know, uh, you know, sunk in, and it was not a it was not a nice feeling. For Martin in Hungary, the first reaction was shock, also worsened by the fact that they don't really know the full extent of the surveillance or how many reporters or critics of the Orban government have been targeted. First of all, you are in shock because under the names uh, which uh, um, introduced to the public is uh, David Dercheny, uh, a good friend and a colleague uh, who I used to work with at uh, HVG uh, back, in, uh, back two years ago. He was actually uh, writing a piece uh, on a suspected, uh, on a suspected uh, terrorist. Uh, we still don't really know the, the, the depths of it. Uh, but it is uh, really horrifying to learn about it. So first is the personal shock. The second is that you you just re simply don't want to believe the list of countries Hungary is again uh, on with Saudi Arabia, with uh, with uh, well-known countries uh, which crack down on any uh, uh, freedom of the press. So it is uh, horrifying to see us there. Uh, and of course, you, you ask yourself, um, was it the only uh, uh, attempt uh, to get to uh, private uh, data, private information? Uh, what are they doing ever since? Uh, uh, is it possible that my phone is being hacked too? So there is a lot of uncertainty coming with such news. After the initial emotional impact, several questions started to gather in the heads of the journalists whose phones had been breached. So who is behind the spying? And most importantly, why? These and other questions are what propelled Siddharth and his team at The Wire in India to join the consortium of international media organizations involved in the Pegasus project. Forbidden stories, after they uh, gave us the news, about the confirmed infection. Uh, in fact, even while that testing process was underway, um, discussed with me what the nature of the project that they were doing was, and the fact that uh, they were, would very much like an India partner, and would The Wire be willing to join uh, a kind of group of global media organizations. I, I'm not sure if they, if they had the full list uh, at that time. Uh, I don't recall, uh, you know, knowing who the other partners were. But they said that they were approaching media. Maybe they mentioned Le Monde. Uh, but um, given what we knew about uh, Forbidden Stories and you know how serious uh, an organization it, it was, and the fact that they clearly had access to data which was being validated by the infections found on our own phones, uh, we, we thought that this is an important project, especially when we heard that there were hundreds of Indian numbers. And we thought that this is a story that The Wire should definitely contribute to telling. Okay, so what's next now? According to the Israeli company that has developed this spyware, only states have access to it. 
So how have states responded to the accusations of arbitrary spying? I mean, it is clear that an urgent investigation into the abusive of cyber surveillance is needed. But for his part, Martin is skeptical that Hungary will do so. Right now, none. Um, we hear from the Hungarian government that uh, they want to have uh, uh, an inquiry um, what foreign uh, secret services are behind the Pegasus project. So they are not saying that we have to investigate something in our own courtyards. They are saying that somehow they are the victims of a foreign attack. The Hungarian response is especially problematic since the country is a member of the European Union and in theory obligated to respect democratic values and the rule of law. So will the EU pressure Hungary to provide answers about its use of Pegasus? I don't know. I, I don't really know how to answer this question because I'm a journalist. I want to do my job. Um, we had no illusions that we are being surveilled uh, before. Uh, the, the scope of what they can do and what they can reach with this uh, pro Israeli program is horrifying. Uh, but, you know, we, we will continue our job and hope for the best. But Hungary is not the only democratic country listed. Siddharth wonders whether having the name of India listed along with countries with notoriously bad human rights records will be a wake-up call. There's no doubt that... Uh you know, journalists across the board are going to feel under pressure and are going to feel intimidated by what's happened. But I think journalists as a community also realize that unless this is resisted, um, the situation will get much worse. We have said in our reporting that the 40 names that have come to light represent only a small fraction of those who are likely to be targeted in one way or the other by the government. Because this is... Uh, this represents one form of, of surveillance, essentially, you know, one vector over a limited time period uh, through this database, which ends actually in mid-2019. So the true figure of journalists being targeted is probably much higher. And, uh, you know, it was important for us to bring this into the public domain so that people, uh, what people have, have, people can confirm their suspicions about the existence of this kind of surveillance uh, technology and the, uh, the willingness of the government to deploy it. So I think it's going to galvanize, uh, you know, journalists, um, journalist organizations uh, taking a stand on this, demanding greater accountability. So I hope at the end of this that um, even though there, there is the possibility of a chilling effect, it will be actually uh, harder for the government to deploy these kinds of technologies in such a brazen fashion against such a wide range of targets in the future. India's performance on global press freedom indices over the past four or five years has been pretty bad. It's, it's an open secret that uh, media freedom is under strain. And this is reflected objectively in the kind of assessments that uh, global media watchdogs have made. And this is something that we feel on a daily basis in India. So we have been living in a situation where media freedom is under attack and that's been the situation for you know the better part of five or six years uh, and the fact that the government of india who is the presumed 
agency behind the selection of 40 Indian journalists. I can't imagine any other government in the world having an interest in snooping on Indian journalists to this extent. Uh, you know, so, the, so ultimately, it's the government of India that has to answer as to why they are resorting to these kinds of means, especially when they keep insisting in the face of international criticism that uh, India is a democracy, India has free press, uh, in, uh, you have rule of law, you have transparent functioning of, of the government. You have all these claims which are made, but these claims sit very, very uh, uncomfortably with the uh, details that we have revealed as part of the Pegasus project uh, in, our, in our stories, in our reporting. So the range of people who have been targeted and, you know, we have confirmed, we have evidence, hard evidence of confirmed infection in the, in the telephones of, I think, six or seven uh, journalists in India. Uh, and I think that's a pretty pretty damning statistic because um, the government can cannot can no longer deny that oh we have nothing to do with this or that this is all fake news. Uh, we have you know hard evidence in the form of actual verifiable Pegasus infections on phones that uh, that is there to back up the claim that we're making. So the government really needs to give an explanation uh, or else risk uh, you know India slipping even further down the uh, global index of media freedom. For Siddharth, the use of Pegasus goes beyond the violation of the fundamental rights of the journalists as individuals. It is also an attack on their role as watchdogs, as purveyors of the information citizens need to take informed decisions, which is at the core of any democracy. But I, I think it's, you know, when, when Pegasus spyware is used against an individual, of course, it's a violation of their privacy. Right. So at the level of you know, individual rights, uh, this is an intolerable assault. But if you consider the consequences of targeting a journalist whose job it is to report freely and fairly what's happening in the country and to ask questions of people in authority and to essentially be the eyes and ears of citizens, then you can understand what spying on them can do to freedom of the press in the first instance, uh, and then, of course, the nature of democracy. So if you are going, if the purpose of deploying spyware against journalists is to uh, hamper their work, uh, then obviously the motivation is to prevent, prevent us from writing the kind of things you write, reporting the kind of stories that need to be reported. Uh, and the reason they want to prevent us from doing that is because they know that the more information that is accurate and verified, which is laid before ordinary people, uh, the stronger will be democracy. And I think these people do not have an interest in democracy. They do not have an interest in people's right to information. They do not have an interest in an empowered citizenry. And the easiest thing for them, to, the route that they have chosen is to, uh, is to target the press. So until now, the targeting has been of the form of filing cases or uh, putting financial pressure, uh, so on and so forth. But using spyware represents a dramatic um, escalation in the targeting of journalists and of the free press. IPI has called for the governments that have been abusing the spyware with complete impunity to be held accountable. The arbitrary surveillance of journalists 
is a massive attack on press freedom and the public's right to information. That's it for today. We know your time is precious. So thanks for listening all the way to the end. Please share this podcast with your friends and colleagues and you'll help us to reach a wider audience. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel if you haven't just yet. You'll find us in Spotify, iTunes and Google Podcasts, among other platforms. This episode has been produced by the International Press Institute as part of its Newsrooms on the Line project, which is supported by Adesium Foundation. That's it from me. See you in the next episode of the Press Freedom Files.